Yes, 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 yes. Welcome back to... The Chase Ascendancy. It's your hosts, Joe and Sam. And I've been waiting all week to not screw that up. Like last week when I forgot to laugh to the intro song. Uh, today, it's episode 40. And to celebrate episode 40, we are celebrating 40 years of The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. From a certain point of view, for The Empire is right around the corner. Uh, and as of today's have, uh, recording... Do you have a date on that? Uh, November 10th, I want to say. Okay. Um, look that up, Jamie. Uh, as of today, uh, this, this actual day that we're recording, it's a week until Mandalorian Season 2 airs. And so obviously mm-hmm. next week's episode is going to be scrambling to watch the episode and then record an episode uh, as, reactionary. Uh, as of the day that we're recording today, Borat, the subsequent movie, was released. So <laughs> that's out there. Nice. Very nice. I like how much. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's for free if you have Amazon Video, by the way. So anyway. Uh, but today we're talking about Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I'm trying, sorry, I'm distracted because I'm looking up when a certain point of view Empire Strikes Back comes out. I want to say it's November 10th. Um, let's see. Burp, I want to say that you're right, so let me. By being right. Doesn't nope. say. That's okay. Anyway, so uh, what else we got going on? There is a smidge of news. Um, of course, uh, I wanted to share with the fans I'm an adult, and uh, throw these a, away, Mom. I dare you to try. I got a kid. I got two kids. I'm married. I've got a mortgage. Therefore, if I want to have some freaking Darth Maul cards in my house, that's what I'm going to do. So I went overboard and bought 120 of them. Save this box flap. What's it say? Young Jedi points. Okay, cool. I don't even know what that. Really I'm sure you get like free cards and stuff. www.starwars.com. That still holds up. Yeah, that probably doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> by now, Y2K has destroyed planet Earth. Um, very cool stuff. It's pretty much ten cards repeated over and over again. But we get a cool Jawa. We get Obi-Wan. Uh, Darth Maul's in here at least once. Ding, 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 ding. There he is. Sith Lord. At last, we'll reverse ourselves to the Jedi. Six damage. That's it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how the game works, to be Three honest. power? Three power. Dang. Darth Maul got this shaft. Well, they knew about as much of how important he was when they made this game as they did when they made the movie and killed him immediately. He still killed a Jedi Master, I would like to mention that. Yep. First person to kill a Jedi Master in a thousand years. For Sith, that is. Uh, Actually, old age killed Yoda in Return of the Jedi, so... What? That's later in the story. (laughs) Uh, Samuel made a good point, though. He said, does it smell like 1999? And if you don't know this, uh, you're about to be educated. Uh, Your sense of smell actually has the strongest memory recall. And actually, it does smell like 1999. It smells like... It just smells like what I remember. My... These cards smelling like when I was a kid. Of course, when I was a kid, when you're a kid, you smell everything, even your own poop. Is it November 10th? It's November 10th. Yes! There you go. November 10th, from a certain point of view, for Empire Strikes Back, comes out. If you're an audiobook kind of person um, and you're trying to start a Star Wars audiobook and you're not sure which one, this is a great one to start on. If you're a reader and you're not sure what Star Wars book to start on, this is a great chance to jump in. Um, They're going to have 40 short stories from 40 
different authors. And because of that, you get kind of a feel for an author you may like mm-hmm. a little bit more than the others. For instance, uh, <coughs> who's... Wow, I just brain farted after I was going to say something I thought was going to be good to say. Uh, who's the chick that wrote Master and Apprentice? Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray. Sorry, Claudia, if you're listening. I, I know what your name is. She, in the name of the short story from a certain point of view, is, is called Master, Master and Apprentice. Apprentice. So she wrote something about the relationship that you'll see in... The Kenobi series, Kenobi. hopefully. Well, that and in um, Master and Apprentice, the greater novel. Right. You know, not just the short story, but... It's kind of like a foretaste of what we were going to get. And if you're into wacky things, Daniel Jose Older is the one that wrote the uh, the guy that gets excited and, and leaves the Stormtrooper Corps to uh, ride dewbacks. And he also wrote the book uh, Last Shot, which is a Lando and Han novel, which is really good. Uh, so it's a very cool, you get to dip your toes into different Star Wars authors. Uh, for instance, John Jackson Miller, who wrote the Kenobi novelization and also... Uh, a New Dawn, which is a prequel to Star Wars Rebels, is going to write something for this one. So he's very good. Um, and uh, speaking of Kenobi, uh, Ewan McGregor saw, uh, said recently in an interview that he uh, was already testing his clothing and all that kind of stuff in different camera angles. So when Deborah Chow was shooting for The Mandalorian, she's the one that did Episode 3 and Episode um, 6 or 7, one of the two, 6, Um so she's going to be the director for the Kenobi series. Mm. So Ewan was actually on set of the Mandalorian in his Obi Wan costume, doing lighting tests and stuff. I would be stuff. so motivated to right. do a good job if I were on that show. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's really cool uh, concept that he's he's already been there, and so I'm sure um, if they do a similar Disney Gallery type thing for Kenobi, I'm sure we'll see that. And so Kenobi is closer than we think. Uh, next year it's supposed to come out. So. He's hit. He's me. Of course I know. He's, He's inside me. all of us. Um, and then this is another announcement that these guys have no clue about. Something for the fans at home. Y'all ready for this? This is the real surprise. Although those, uh, those decks of cards were exciting. Uh, as of right now, if you go to the website tpublic.com, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C dot com and you search for Chiz Podcast, there is a ton of merch available if you want to buy a t-shirt or a hoodie or a mask, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. That's all available. Pens, stickers, laptop covers, book totes. It's all there. And so uh, these guys had no clue. I've been working on this project for a couple of weeks and I was stressed to the max waiting for that package to get to my house today before we recorded. But I did buy you guys a couple of shirts so, this is one of the ones that's available. Sombrero of the Orient. Ah! Nice. And, one of my uh, more so famous catchphrases. This is for Samuel, and I gave it to you in the white Napoleon Dynamite colors. Oh, thank you. I um, do love the red, white, and blue. And then this one... Wow, nobody uh, is going to know what this means. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> uh, this so one funny. is the, the Chimera... Uh, and this is a back print t-shirt. So we have front and back prints for almost everything. This is for my wife. She wanted just a back print, nothing on the front. So that's my very wife. exciting. This is for myself. I told Josiah to make that joke during his wedding vows, and he would not. It takes you to be my wife. The Chiss Ascendancy podcast and the hollow lettering nice. that you see every week. And with the Grand Admiral's insignia oh, very cool. in the right place. Nice. And then, uh, how embarrassing would that 
have been if it was actually Grand Moff. I know Adam. the difference. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. And then this so one, this one's for you, Adam. Same layout as the hoodie, except for it's in a black t-shirt. I thought it was a cutoff tee for a second. <laughs> He'll wear it to football practice. <laughs> Just the Tennessee podcast with the Grand Admiral's signature nice. right there Sweet. on the tee. And then uh, for myself, the same with the, uh, I, I prefer the full lettering. Oh, uh, yes, the uh, Toy Story lettering. The Toy Story style. Nice. So... As of right now, you can go to tpublic.com. Everybody got one that says the podcast name, and mine has one that's going to make me sound like a racist. <laughs> Out of context, this looks very racist. But so, know that I am not. <laughs> there you go. Just like the debates. If I say it, it's true. No uh, fact checked available. Uh, so uh, that's all available. In honor of the debates, I'm going to mute that side of the microphone while I'm talking so that Josiah can't interrupt me. Wrong. That's so wrong. Uh, but any any uh, item you see on here, so for instance, this one has the chiss and just the red. You can get that on a pin. You can get that on a mask. You can get that on a sticker. You can get a laptop cover. And uh, you can get this style. You can get some that have the this on the front and then on the back has the chimera. This is very Spaceballs. The merchandising. Spaceballs, the lunchbox. <laughs> yeah, but I've been working my butt off. You guys are welcome. Get your t-shirts. This in, Baltos just won the race. <laughs> I was stalling. Did it work? Samus got his shirt on. I had to have Josiah hold down the button. I can't take my finger off the button or else the theme song stops. Yeah, but they're made by, uh, they're made to order. So you can order as few or as many as you want with no extra charge. Uh, and so if you're a friend of mine, don't ask me if you can just pay me directly and skip shipping because it's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually gotten a couple of people to buy shirts ahead of time, and then when this comes out, they'll be able to post very cool their shirts. Uh, the logo that's on the podcast, if you look it up on uh, Apple, the one that Zach Calderon made for us, uh, that's on a t-shirt. There's a lot of crap, dude. There's like 15 designs. I've been working my butt off. Skeleton Astronaut's been helping me, so shout out to Brandon up in Oklahoma. Thank you so much, bro. What part of Oklahoma? Um, um, I don't remember. Oklahoma City, basically. Oh, okay. He's about 45 minutes from Tulsa. Cool. Uh, so, uh, so not Oklahoma City, then. Right. When I send him a package, they're like, Oklahoma City? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Because whatever his zip is is right there. Gotcha. It's right next to it. I'll have to be on the north side, then. Yep, something. Uh, but he's been helping, and so, yeah, we sent these over in high-quality PNGs, and the shirts turned out fantastic. Very cool. Uh, so we're talking about The Empire Strikes Back today. And um, many people, this is their favorite. Many people, this is the greatest Star Wars content to ever happen. The Yeah, nobody's got any complaints about Empire. Yeah, I feel like. which is funny because when Empire came out before Return of the Jedi, um, it, was, it got a lot of hate. You know what's funny is, have you, uh, what's the, is it X-Men Apocalypse when Nightcrawler first comes to uh, the X-Men? Anyway, they go to see no em- clue. 
they go to see Empire in theaters. Oh, really? And Jean Grey's like, no, I think this one's better than the first one. And she was like basically saying everything that wouldn't be thought about Empire for all the years. And I was like, mm. fake news. Fake That's funny. News. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because when Empire came out, um, man, talk about the cliffhanger of cliffhangers. Right. Um, if you haven't seen Empire Strikes Back... I don't what know you why you're here? listening to this. Yeah, get out of here. Get out. Get I almost gave a spoiler warning, but like, bro, it's been out literally 40 years. You have a... I can get your sticker right here. I looked for one. There you oh, go. Uh, so, yeah, Empire Strikes Back, uh, the greatest Star Wars yeah. of all time for many folks. And imagine the cliffhanger when you leave uh, the theater and you're like, hang on, so Vader is Luke's dad or he's lying yeah. and is Han Solo dead and why the crap is Lando wearing Han's outfit? <laughs> What the heck is going on? Also, uh, I would like to talk about, since we're going to talk about the end of the movie before we talk about the beginning of the movie, how uh, Luke mispronounces Tatooine at the end of the See so you guys on... Tatooine. Tatooine. Which just I never watched that, I don't know, like two years ago, and mm -hmm. I was like, catch you guys on my home planet of mispronunciation. Yeah. It's funny because... You can uh, tell he's thinking about it before he says it. Empire was very, very stressful for George. He directed A New Hope. He did not direct Empire Strikes Back. Um, and so the budget uh, and everything was just way over. And um, and so they say that it... Uh, was it the beginning of... I think it was either towards the beginning of Empire or towards the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Uh, George Lucas actually had a heart attack. Um and the budget was crazy. The filming was behind. So I'm sure when Mark Hamill was like, see you on the planet of Tatooine, George was like, it's good, cut. <laughs> Send it in. Oh, sweet Jesus. All right, we'll make it work. <laughs> exactly. Um, so very cool stuff. Uh, right from the beginning, it's just gold. Um, when I was a kid, the number one toy in the history of the world was the Power of the Force AT-AT uh, Walker. Mm. I would like to address the pronunciation of that vehicle um, <laughs> because I feel like there are... The guy that just took down an AT-AT, that's who I am. Yeah, there's... Fallen Order. There's like 600 different designations, you know, with different gunships and walkers and rollers and crawlers and everything, you know. It's basically just a bunch of babies, um, but this one hops. I feel like I feel like the only one that they pronounce that way is the ATAT. -AT. Yeah, I think it's because it's the only one that's like a word. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. At -at. So people but say it's just at -at. so inconsistent I've, with everything else. Yeah, I've never. Angry. Do you call the chicken walker an at -st? an at street at street at -st I don't know. At -st <laughs> yeah, um, you know stuff like that. So it's like, like saying wasps. It's a Fugazi, Fugazi, it's a fairy dust. Dude, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast recently, and he looks worse for wear. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, okay. It's easy to look good when they got that camera zoomed up on you and you got the glow with the booger between your fingers. Have you seen the... Lincoln, the Jim Carrey? No, 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 no. The Between Two Ferns episode with Matthew McConaughey. Mm -mm. And Zach Galifianakis was like, Matthew, I see that you have a shirt on. Is everything Okay. <laughs> uh, that is really funny I remember there was this guy when I was in high school that had graduated a couple years before me but he kept coming around and we started making fun of him because he reminded us of that line from Matthew McConaughey where he's like the thing about high school girls is I get older and they just stay the same age 
And I was like, yep, that's so-and-so. I'm trying not to name drop because I've been doing it the last couple of weeks. <laughs> you know who you are. You know who you are. You're probably not watching the podcast. You're not cool enough. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, you start off here on the planet of Hoth, which is funny because it's, it's so, so cold. cold. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I knew where that was going, bro. <laughs> that would be funny if Mustafar was called Coldstafar. <laughs> George is like, it ends where it began. Is he freaking just like uh, one of the Vikings? He's like, we'll name this one Iceland because it's uh, so temperate. (laughs) They'll never want to come here. It'll be all for us. Dude, if you turn these boxes at a 90 degree angle, it makes a picture. Look. What do you know? Anyway, back to what I was saying. They knew what they were doing in 1999. (laughs) We've really screwed up since then. Uh, I don't know. I'm still not disappointed with the uh, specialty version of the latest Thrawn book. What do you mean? The first edition, it's just got so many thoughtful additions, you know, mm. as far as, like, the different framing and the blue-edged paper. Oh, yeah, for just sure. Just making good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you you start on Hoth, and you made a good point, because we actually watched a portion of the movie today to refresh ourselves. Um, refresh yourselves! <laughs> Um, but it's funny because yeah as a kid growing up I was like now they've got to go to their other house you know yeah but this is the one yeah I don't know I just always assumed because I had seen you know what other movies where if there's a group of people you know they've got more than one headquarters Mm -hmm. you know unless it's the super kid academy and they've only got the one and then you gotta close the door and then Carmen followed them in because they didn't close the door in time oh my god that is the most Uh, niche reference we've ever made (laughs) in our entire lives Sorry, couldn't resist. Anyway, but it's it's that's that's the one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Josiah was saying, you know, I always kind of thought just because they destroyed that one ATAT that they kind of won. But it, you watched it as an adult, you're like, man, these guys just got destroyed. Yeah. Well, now they got to find a whole new home. Yeah. The reason that I knew that they had lost is they're because space homeless for <laughs> for like the rest of the movie. They they don't have a base, man. They're um uh, they're baseless. Yeah. Um. The reason no that I knew that uh, they had lost is because Jango Fett told me so uh, at the end of the campaign for Star Wars Battlefront Two in two thousand three. Um, he was like, "We we cried and we showed up the sky. We had drank so much. I don't remember what he says, but he talks about celebrating on Hoth after losing so many brothers uh, to the rebellion. Uh, and so uh, it's very interesting. It's a win for the Empire, and um, I don't know. Empire is." Such a great movie. It's mm. it's got everything. It's got love, but not too much. Not the weird sand kind. Um, it's got action. It's got comedy. It's Look, got sir, the uh, droids. I know that that's a new hope. Get out of here. <laughs> it's also funny that um, it's also funny that in back to back movies, there's just this creepy old person that ends up being like so important. And it just gets worse. Like, the first movie, it's like, oh, this poor guy's been in the desert for so long, he doesn't know what's going on. And then the next movie, it's like, it's freaking Kermit the Frog out there with giant ears. Yeah. Um, You seek Yoda. Uh, Yoda was so freaking, I mean, he's still very cool. But when I first saw him, I was like, oh, my God, look at that guy. It's because it's what everybody aspires to be, that you're so needed. You can be as crazy as you want, and they still come begging to you for help. Crazy old Maurice. Remember how creepy that the walking insane asylum carriage thing was from Beauty and the Beast? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, why is that thing animated? 
Why is what thing animated? The the crazy um. The remember when they're taking Maurice and they're trying to put him in the insane asylum and the the carriage itself can walk. Is that correct? Am I mixing up things? Uh, part of the story. Um. Well, we are, we are in trouble. That makes sense. The 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 carriage that walks is from the, from the castle. castle. Now that makes sense. I digress. Then. <laughs> um, I retract my statement. The other day, I was on Warzone. I'm still right. <laughs> and, uh, and the chopper just randomly blew up, but I knew what had happened, and my friend had put C4 on the chopper, and everybody's like, oh my god, what happened? They thought we were getting shot at, and I said, Jesse? And there was about three seconds of silence, and Jesse goes, I would like to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but, dude, Empire was so crazy because, man, from the beginning, it's just impeccable yeah. work with tiny toys. That's metal. You think about it. It's metal. Um, it's funny because as someone who, you know, one of my hobbies is toy photography, it's a pain in the butt uh, to get a, a shot that looks like it's not a toy. Yeah, I was looking, I was thinking about that, especially with the ATATs, because you yeah. know it's all scale models, you yeah. know, and it's moving, and I thought it was funny because there was one leg that was like really flexible on the back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they made it fall without making it look small. It felt like it looked big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you think about it, and it's like for... Okay, so when you're talking about Star Wars action figures or collectibles or whatever, mm-hmm. you have this, the, the original scale, which is just shorter than four inches. And then you have the bigger scale, which is six inches. And then you have uh, sideshow collectibles or hot toys, which are one-sixth scale. Yeah. And those are like $250, $350, for depending on how big the character is or how many accessories they get or whatever. They resale for ridiculous amounts of money. I don't understand how people collect those. They're like, yeah, I got to get these three hot toys, thousand bucks. Um, but it's interesting because um, as a photographer, I do enjoy taking pictures of the bigger stuff that is easier to photograph because on a, you know, on a, on a toy that is 18 inches tall, it's way easier for that to look realistic than it is a toy that's three and a half inches tall. So imagine these freaking AT-ATs are, they're, you know, two feet tall. Or when you look at, um, there's the moment where Darth Vader's uh, Super Star Destroyer is coming into play. And I was looking at that as an artist or as a photographer. And I was like, dude, the way that they move the light where it's like the the regular Star Destroyers are in the light. And you're like, there it is. It's the most menacing ship they've got. And then the Super Star Destroyer yeah. comes into play and the light gradually is covered up. Yeah. It's just so smooth and it's just well it's cool. It's, it's art. It's that, pure art. Um something that it's it's there are a lot of things about Star Wars that aren't necessarily like up to standards with actual science, right? So mm-hmm. for like for instance, one of those is that um Boba Fett figures out where Han's going and the Empire was still able to beat Han to Bespin, mm-hmm. even though he got a big head start on him. If you read the books you realize because there's different class hyperdrives that help you get somewhere faster. Right. Which obviously the Empire right. has way better stuff. Right. And so, but in real life, you know, the fastest you could do is near light speed travel, and there's no way to overtake that. Right. Um, hey, you want to know how much Vader's Super Star Destroyer cost? In real life? Well, no. Like, to, if it was <laughs> to create within Star Wars. <laughs> Have you seen that video? It's like a TikTok or something where they're the throwing that golf ball. They're throwing that Star War, that Star Destroyer over the banister at that two story house. Oh. I just want to kill those people. 
It's like when I'm watching a movie and a Lambo gets wrecked. I'm like, no. Yeah, because there's a real Lambo somewhere that's got wrecked for that. All right, so it's called The Executor. All right. Um, is called a Star Dreadnought. So it's not just a destroyer. It's a Star Dreadnought. It's 19,000 meters long. Wow. So I don't even know what that means. That's I know that's uh, miles. 19 kilometers. Um, that is a big piece of metal. So 19, yeah, 19 kilometers is how many miles? Uh, five kilometers is about three miles. So we're looking at like uh, 10 miles maybe? Well, it would be... You said how many kilometers? It would be, or how yeah, meters? I guess 10 or 11. It's 1,900 meters, so it's 19 kilometers. It's 1.18 mile. Wow. It's over a mile long. Wait, 19,000 kilometers, you said, right? You said 1,900 or 19,000? 19,000 meters. Dang, I freaking nailed it. I said like 11 miles. It's 11.8. 12 miles long. Yeah. Good God. No wonder it casts a shadow. Uh, okay. Back to what I was saying, though. Let me forget. I don't want to forget what I was saying. All right, all right, all right. I didn't finish. I got the cost right here. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so like some things aren't scientifically accurate. But mm-hmm. um, when you're in space, a lot of people just think about space as kind of dark. Right. But I was watching that guy who does like different experiments. You see him on the space station every once in a while. Um, he said that it's like super bright in space because there's nothing to absorb starlight. So you're just exposed to raw starlight. So if you see an astronaut's helmet, it's actually the entire thing's coated with, mm. uh, you know, like that reflective visor. Yeah, Ray-Bans. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, space bands. Nice. But yeah, so like it's cool that they would have that element of it, you know, whether or not, you know, whether or not you would be able to actually cast a shadow like that because you got light coming from all directions. But still, it's cool that there are shadows in space in Star Wars. Yeah, that is an interesting concept. I do believe that one of the reasons... Well, how would that work? I think one of the reasons is aren't they just above the Hoth system? Yeah, but then you would think about the shadows would all be relative to the like solar system's main celestial right. body. Right, right, right. Um, so the cost for Vader's Super Star So this Destroyer, is how much they like in Star Wars it would yeah, cost? Yeah, this is how much it would cost like... I get it's it's in credits. Okay. Okay. I don't even know if I can. Okay. So you have hundred thousand million. So three hundred twenty-five billion credits, just for that ship. No, they won't. Right? Because that's a hundred. <laughs> All right. Look. So this is. So that's a hundred thousand. That's a million. So yeah, that's a billion. Three hundred twenty-five billion. Three hundred twenty-five billion credits. Um, that's like the whole deficit. <laughs> 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 Donald's like, what do you think? It's fantastic. Uh, tell you what, China is never going to send a virus over here ever again because I've got a $325 billion spaceship. You guys are laughing at the Space Force? Who's laughing now? Nobody, especially not China. Kim Jong-un. But yeah, dude, the freaking the super... It's just cool because everything Star Wars did, <laughs> everything Star Wars did, Empire was like, oh, that's peanuts. <laughs> like, I don't know, just the... Obviously, the Death Star is greater than a Super Star Destroyer just by sheer size, although in Thrawn's uh, opinion, it's not as good. Um, but uh, just having, like, the size of that ship, and then you have... It's not just a regular tank, you I don't know? Think, I don't think Thrawn would have been counter Superman with Star Destroyer. Huh? I said I don't think Thrawn would have been against the creation of a Superman with Star Destroyer. 
No, I'm saying he was he would prefer the Super Star Destroyer to the oh, Death okay. Star. Yeah, for sure. Um, which he said. Right. <clears throat> uh, but I think about things like, uh, you know, you have the Sandcrawler in Episode 4. We're going to up that and have a giant elephant, you know, an AT-AT, AT-AT, you know, walker. It's just so cool. And, you know, to have the hologram of Vader where it's, you know, all that kind of stuff. And what's cool is, like, they didn't even do it halfway. You've got this big, interesting, you know, machine. you got the AT-AT. And even though we're focused on the AT-AT, we still got the AT-ST in the background. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's still stuff going on. Um, I thought it was cool how intensive like the directing was even with just the extras so in that scene where uh vader's force choking that guy during the hologram or like Mm -hmm. during their telecommunications and the other senior officers trying to like ignore what's going on the guy in the background is just like (laughs) just staring at him like he's he's involved in it you know what i mean i think that's cool yeah it's very cool um you really start to see Darth Vader coming to his own mm-hmm. in this movie because actually, even though he's the main villain of A New Hope, um, you see him kind of you see him kind of play a backseat to Tarkin for a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and in retrospect, obviously, twenty twenty vision, lol. You, you realize that he's obedient to Tarkin on the Death Star because Tarkin it's is basically the captain yeah. of that ship. It is technically a ship. Uh, giant space station slash ship of some sort. Yeah. It's a space station that has ship capabilities. Uh, and how the freak does that thing fly? I don't Where's know. the engine? I've thought about it a lot. You know? Um, and it's crazy that when you're looking at the Death Star, there's that giant belt, and that's not what they're flying along. Luke, when he's flying for that port, he's actually flying along a tinier trench. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going from south to north. How much do they estimate the Death Star would have cost? You keep talking, I'll look it up. Holy Moses. So there are some things that are in Star Wars that were kind of like adaptations to what was going on in real life. Uh, Adam asked us, uh, were the Wampas originally part of the Star Wars story, the Empire story? And the answer is no. So I don't know if you know this, but Mark Hamill, his facial injuries are real life, and mm-hmm. they introduced the wampa scene because he was like really badly injured in a car crash and that's how the wampas made it into the story they say that the death star in as of 2016 this was like in real real time american dollars mm-hmm. the death star would cost 7.7 octillion dollars per day to operate per day what would imperial credits even be worth anything i guess technically it would just it's an empire, so it's just like this is going to be built. You know what I mean? There's not really doesn't really need to function along. People are, don't have to get paid for it. It's just happening. That's why you use the Geonosians. If you haven't read the book Catalyst, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, they basically used the Geonosians to build most of the mainframe and then destroyed them all, <laughs> killed them all. Uh, not just the win, the the men uh, Geonosians either, but the women and the children Geonosians too. Uh, but yeah, the freaking. Um, the scars from uh, Mark Hamill's encounter as Luke Skywalker with the Wampa came, like you said, from a car crash. Mm-hmm. And whoever it is that uh, had caused that car crash uh, from 40-something years ago, thank you. Uh, because the Wampa is arguably my favorite beast from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, if you're the casual viewer and you don't know what a Wampa is, that is the giant bear-slash-yeti-looking thing that attacks 
Luke Skywalker I still, on Hoth. Like, I, I realize it's a movie and things just have to happen a certain way, but I just can't get over the fact that Luke is on this tauntaun. He goes like, you smell something, girl? And then, you know, a freaking actual wampa, they're six and a half feet tall, just sneaks up on him. Yeah, but think about it. I bet you they're fast as freak. Yeah, but what about his spidey senses, bro? Oh, uh, with the force you yeah, mean? Yeah, man. Hmm. He's just not on his egg. I don't. That day. Yeah, the force is strange in that way. I also don't get why he didn't just finish the Wampa the rest of the way and stay in that ice cave, like that shelter he had to know the sun was coming down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, anyway, I digress. Fight or flight. He we know for thought, sure that though. if it was Kylo Ren, he would have oh, yeah. sliced and diced that Wampa into the. You know when you're when you're eating queso. And they have those little bitty uh, squares of tomatoes. That's what have been left of that wampa. You don't do that to me. <laughs> That's my Adam Driver voice. Um, but yeah, you have the wampa, which is a really cool character. Um, there's some really cool legends material and comics and things that has. Uh, there was a female Sith Lord that basically ruled on uh, Hoth, and she. The same way that Ezra and stuff can control animals, mm-hmm. she basically had a, an army of like snow creatures, wampas, namely. So that's pretty dope. Um, and then it's really interesting because when you are watching the movie and Luke is missing, they're talking about well the speeders have not been adapted yet for the cold. Yeah. Um, but on every marketing thing ever, like even recently, they released a new one for the 40th anniversary uh, toy line. And it's a snowspeeder. And it, that's always boggled the mind that they're adapted for the snow. So they're clearly not even made for the snow. They're probably made for, like, regular weather. I bet you they were flying those things, like, to do stuff on Yavin. What's hard for me to imagine, though, is that you would be a creator. Like, here's, here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> Go You're ahead. creating space-grade stuff stuff mm-hmm. you're not producing a speeder for like one specific environment you gotta like imagine that you're creating your for an entire galaxy worth of environments right you know what i mean yeah but i think that also part of that is because the rebellion is short on cash so i think that no, they I'm don't not, ha- not even for them i'm just talking about whoever's making these things you know right what that's I mean? what i'm saying is they probably don't have they're probably one the cold on hoth is not like yeah we're gonna be in north dakota like it's well. Here's the other thing: there's nothing there. So there's nothing there because there's, it's not a sustainable ecosystem. But they're still making like this is the space age. You know what I mean? Like literally, everybody's an astronaut. Space is way colder than Hoth. Yeah, but I don't think they're supposed to be. I think I understand what you're saying, but I think that they are made for within an, a certain type of atmosphere. That's stupid. They're, they don't have uh, hyperdrive capability. I don't think. Echo base. Running low on oxygen. <laughs> the only person on this entire planet that's got mustache sweat, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and push through. Rogue 2. Rogue 2. Rogue 2. Yeah, Rogue, Rogue 2 came before Rogue 1. There you go. Star Wars. We started with Episode 4. We started with Rogue 2. Rogue 2. I'm thinking Arby's. <laughs> Dude, one of my they all- have the meat. One of my all-time favorite Star Wars memes is one I saw in high school, so that was a long time oh, ago. Porkins? Yeah, that Porkins meme where uh, he's communicating with Luke, and he's like, Luke, I saw Sparrow back at the airport. Are we going to stop and get some pizza? Luke, <laughs> like he didn't get a plane. The dot, 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 he Luke. was panicked. 
Oh, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That's really funny. So they're leaving Hoth, and um, I mean, it's, you gotta skip a lot, but whatever. Uh, I just think the AT-ATs were so cool. I still have the 1995, whatever year it was, AT-AT that Dad bought me for Christmas. Um, I like that. I like the uh, the buttons still work. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you. Well, the buttons still work. I replaced the batteries, though. Gotcha. But if the batteries are fresh, they work. I, I like uh, something that Adam pointed out. It was so funny that the whole rebellion is fighting, essentially, and mm-hmm. uh, Han and Chewie are still working on the Falcon. Yeah. It's just, like, just such it, a picture of Han and Chewie. This one goes there and that goes there, right? Yeah, I love that. It's uh, I, I get that it is important that the, fa- the Falcon works because you can probably get a ton of people out on there. I mean, heck, they still have the whole basically well, whole resistance the, on great. He's not going to leave it. You know what I mean? It's right. his ship. He had already planned on leaving the Rebellion at this point. He mm-hmm. already talked to the General. He would already talked to Princess Leia, kind of, uh, if you can call that communicating. Uh, but... You know, it's just like he's got to get it out of there. It's now right. whatever. It's going to get destroyed. Yeah, and I also, behind. when we were watching a little bit this morning, I was thinking about uh, whenever she, he's, you know, saying he says something, and that's when uh, Leia calls him the half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder, and he says, who's scruffy-looking? And then yeah, he, that was his take he, he talks to Luke, and he's like, man, I really must have hit close to the mark to get all riled up like that, huh, kid? And then Leia says, well, I guess you don't know very much about women, and plants that disgusting, sloppy, Insist wet kiss, kiss Sweet on... Uh, what's that Jeez. What's that kiss on uh, Luke? And the funny thing is, I was like, hey, gone, guys. He just talked about how his appearance isn't good enough for her, and she said, I guess you don't know anything. And then kiss the guy that has a massive scar across his face from being attacked by a, a snow bear. So when's the last time you were really smug and you are just like... <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah, what the, face is he making? The weird right puckered there, butthole face that he's doing, <laughs> holding he's, his diarrhea. He's trying in the to mouth. whistle and he doesn't know how. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, that was a weird face. But Mark Campbell's kind of an awkward guy. Yeah. Do you ever see those uh, those sexy photos that he with the those, gold those outfit? Shots? Yeah. Yes. Let's Dude, not talk about that. So... But Robert uh, uh, Robert De Niro has a weird face like that. Like every face is like this. Every face, he's, you know, he's got the... the That's just kind of his face, though. The jowls. Yeah, but, like, when he's angry, he's like... But Mark Hamill's got regular faces, too. You know what I mean? That's true. That that would be his go-to when he's smug. (laughs) That is really funny. Oh, man. I'm just waiting for Chewbacca. I know the movie's never going to change, but I'm just waiting for Chewbacca to just smack someone in the face when they talk crap to him. Like, I don't know. It's so, uh... The stuff that they all say to him is so rude. It's not like, hey, you idiot, like they can call anyone. It's like specifically Wookiee things, like fuzzball or walking carpet. Laugh like, it up, fuzzball. All right, Leia, you racist. Smack. Mm. Dude, what if he just went ham one day and just I think one of killed my everybody things in that room? About Chewbacca and he did almost kill Lando. Is the, the mask that they have for him in that film. Mm. His eyes look so alien, and they're making their escape from Hoth, and he's like, <laughs> like freaking a gremlin I don't know it's just like in what do you X-Men mean? comics when Mojo captures somebody and their eyes are like held open with claws it's just like his eyes look so alien because they're like human eyes they're not quite to scale with the rest of his face yeah 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 man I just it's, it's just different crazy. from in like I think it's uh, Solo he's got black eyes you know what I mean his whole his whole eyes are black they change between films it was either Solo or it was uh, The Force Awakens. They did something different with his eyes. Hmm. 
Well, in Solo, it's a, it's a different actor, so the eye color could be different. Right, well, I'm just saying it's, like, completely different eyes. Like, instead of having human eyes, like, the cornea and the iris, it's all black. Are you sure? Positive. I remember I paid attention to it specifically. Now I gotta look this up. I've always just seen the eye black, you know? No, because he had, like, human eyes. Yeah. Like, in... in I know, but all I'm saying is, when he has the mask on, he always has the, the black around his eye... And then the, like you said, the inside of the eye is always the same. I've always thought mm -hmm. it was the same in every movie. And it might look different because you have that Eunice guy that's doing it now. Uh, but they get off a of Hoth and uh, the basically uh, because... Here, oh man, this is a struggle. Uh, Force Awakens, all the black eyes. That's... That's weird. It's a weird thing to change that much, you know what I mean? Yeah, but look at him from uh, Revenge of the Sith right there. No, bottom left. Middle. This one? Yep. Yeah, see? It's completely different. That is strange. I don't get it. Huh. You know what's crazy, though, is the picture that you, that you saw from there is also from the trailer. I wonder if they changed it for the movie. No, because I remember noticing it in the movie. Yeah, he does look more Wookiee, less human in that yeah. movie. Uh, but where does the Rebellion end up going? Once they leave Hoth, because I know they're, Han they're and all fleet. them. Oh, that makes sense. They're just a fleet. For uh, Han and Leia and those guys are being chased by the Empire. Because well, you see them meet up at the end of Empire, right? And there's just right. like, it's just a bunch of ships. They don't have a base. You want to talk about how easy it is to just go and come from the Rebellion? Right? Like, Han was like, hey, I gotta get out of here. I, uh, got a price on my head. And the guy's like, well, hate to see you go. Major bummer, hello, good luck. Yeah. And then you have the, the opposite, the, the, at the end of the movie, where they're like, hey, I know that we're, like, really on the edge of getting completely annihilated by the Empire, but I've got to take a year off to go to Tatooine to really plant myself in Jabba's palace. How long was Lando living there? A too, good while, huh? Too long. Ugh, dude. But you got to think about the turnover rate at Jabba's Palace. You know, I'm sure it's very, it's high. It's very high. Dude, I bet you, dude, you can get an STD in Jabba's Palace in like a matter of minutes. Just by breathing. Just by breathing it in, yeah. Ugh. Nobody's wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's so funny. But anyways, so that's as far as we got watching the movie today. But they're leaving Hoth and then... Uh, I do like to hear... Uh, hey, you know what I've always wondered? I've always wondered when r space worm lives in the vacuum of space? No. I've always wondered that. Oh. I've always wondered um, <clears throat> how it works where when Luke is in the X-Wing, mm -hmm. and if he can understand R2, right, why is there a script coming up on his screen? Because he's outside the ship. He's outside the cockpit. But what are the... I don't know... Does it just type in English or well, basic? Yeah. Or does it just... Why wouldn't it just come in audio? I don't know, man. You know what I mean? I've always wondered about that, though. It was made in 1980. He hasn't upgraded his ship yet. Mm, that's what it is. Old ship. Uh, but he's going towards Dagobah, and R2's like, are you sure about this? You know, you sure you want to change your mind? And, and he's, he's like, like, nope, not going to change my mind, Not going to change my mind. Um, Still trying to get those uh, uh, power motivators. Power converters. Power converters. And then we get to... He's so, to go to Tashi Station. He's like, gotta reroute, gotta go to Tashi Station, pick up those power converters. And R2's like, no, 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 you can do that next season. We're split up between um, 
we're split up between Dagobah and the asteroid field, which is one of your favorite parts of Vader looking for the Falcon. Yeah, I just, I don't know. You you quoted it a couple weeks ago, but it's always been funny to me how disconcerned with everything else Vader is. The asteroids do not concern me, Admiral. <laughs> they don't concern me, Admiral. He doesn't care. Uh, I thought it was cool. Something that was introduced was what's well, under the mask for Vader. That's something that changed about Empire. We see that he's like super damaged. It's not just a suit. Mm-hmm. Um, or we have the, uh, the concept of Yeah, because we didn't his... really even know if he was completely... I mean, right, Obi-Wan says he's more machine than man, but right. it's kind of like, I'm sure the way that we see Grievous is kind of how people saw him back in the day. Right. We didn't know. Um, and then they have the introduction of his meditation sphere. Like, how does that yeah, work? That, yeah, male, just... that male pattern baldness is just <laughs> terrible. That male pattern scarring <laughs> all over the back of his head. Yeah, he's burnt to a crisp. It's interesting because he would have, the, the scars that he would have had would have been much different than what we end up seeing. You know, yeah, it's just more a along the lines family of tradition. More along the lines of Deadpool, I guess. Hey, so one of the one Uncle of the other uh, <clears throat> some of the stories that are no. coming in. Some of the stories that are coming in from a certain point of view is um, an author by the name of Mark Oshiro recounts the Wampus tragic tale of loss and survival. I am a hundred percent in. That's pretty cool. This says, Martha Wells reveals the world of Ugnaught clans who dwell in the depths of Cloud City. Yeah, let's talk about that Bring for a in Kuil. That is cool that... Preach. Some of the things that we owe Empire, right? Oh, like yeah. The introduction of Ugnaughts, the introduction of IG units. Mm-hmm. Bo- both of those things happened in Empire, and they were both big characters. Bosk. Within... Boba... F- I mean, Boba Fett... You gotta think at the time, Boba Fett was brought in during Empire. Right. The whole... The whole scene yeah, where he's, he's walking in, that hope. doesn't doesn't count. Right. To quote Obi-Wan. But those are all things that mm-hmm. like Mandalorian wouldn't have happened without those introductions. You right. You don't really see IG units in Jedi, I don't think. Um, At least not prominently. I think there might be one. There may be one in Jabba's Palace or something. Um, and you don't see any Ugnaughts. I mean, yeah. Characters, think about this. Jedi. Characters introduced in Empire Strikes Back. Ready? Right. Lando Calrissian. Emperor Palpatine. You don't see the Emperor until then. Right. Um... You don't know about IG-88. The back of Vader's head. The back of Vader's head. Bosk, Boba Fett, Ugnaughts, uh, Zuckus, Forlom. Uh, uh, what's his face? Back of the helmet kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> Freaking, you know what I'm talking about. Homeboy, white guy that reboots like an iPhone every 10 Lobot. minutes. Lobot. Lobot. God. Hello. Remember when Lando like taps on his Apple Watch and the guy's like, he's, he's awake. I do feel tragic. That's a tragic story, actually. This is the story of Lobot. We can. Hold, I'm still waiting to do a whole episode about Lobot. But um, if you can remember his name, we can do an episode about him. There you go. Uh, Yoda. Yeah, Yoda. We got. Um, we see Ben Kenobi for the first time as a Force ghost. That concept's introduced in Empire. Yeah, you hear his voice. You hear his voice, but you don't see him in a corporeal form. Uh, you've got the. I know it's not tauntauns, per- tauntauns, wampas. Yeah. Um, Salt. Dagobah. Dagobah's a big deal. Salt. <laughs> it's up. salt. Um, the the dark side cave. Looks are droids. The real, real struggle that revolves around everything else in Star Wars. Think about this. The dark side cave that is everything you fear to lose. Yeah. You need to let go. I kind of wanted to talk the, about that too because... The concept of... That kind of revolves around the sequel and prequel trilogies of yeah. the struggle within is introduced in the Dark Side Cave in Empire Strikes Back. That 
we kind of have like a more intensive glimpse into how your actions really shape your future, especially within the force where mm-hmm. Yoda says that, you know, your weapons, you won't need them. And Luke takes them anyway. You know, his yep. choice to be combative from the start kind of shapes how his experience goes in the dark side cave. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of like foreshadowing for what happens in Jedi that he overcomes by not doing that. Right. Um, but those are all very subtle sub themes. We have the same idea that, um, when Luke goes in exile, he finds a place that's mostly light side, but also has a very strong dark side nexus. Mm -hmm. Um, just a lot of interesting things that we owe to empire. It says a lot about Yoda's character that what I've always read and I've never heard it, um, disputed by any new canon material, is that the reason that Yoda goes to Dagobah is because the there is the dark is so side nexus there. that is so yeah. strong that it counterbalances his, his presence. presence in the forest, which makes it in- invisible, right. basically. Um, <clears throat> there is that cool story um, in, from a certain point of view, celebrating Star Wars, um, where those probes that mm-hmm. go to Hoth also find their way to Dagobah mm-hmm. and Yoda has to destroy him without using any weapons or anything so that he doesn't really give away um, why they were destroyed and keep his location secret. That's pretty cool. Right. Very cool stuff. Um, you find out about... It's really... It's crazy because it's really the first time that we go um, planet hopping in Star Wars uh because in a new hope you're on tatooine and then you're in space most of the time and then you're in yavin a tiny bit but really the death star in space is where most of it takes place besides mm-hmm. tatooine um but then in empire it's like hoth dagobah cloud city you know star destroyer other a- stuff going on asteroid asteroid yeah it's just a crazy thing you have that freaking without empire we never have the giant space worm yeah mag um Remember that? Yeah. With the beanie. Uh, and uh, what else? There's so much stuff, dude. Freaking Minox. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Minox are crazy. Space. Um, the little mask they have to wear. Which still would be insufficient. I'd like to state that now. but Yeah, how... Well, I guess Their they're... bodies would disintegrate. They would... But they're inside of a sealed... No... Whatever, with the, the worm. Yes and no. I mean, there's still no atmosphere, so there's not technically air pressure that would keep their body together. Hmm. Unless the worm can... Their blood would start to boil. It's... It's... It's different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm talking Star Wars science. Maybe the maybe the, the worm itself has some type of environment within its own... Yeah, but they don't know they're inside a worm. Innards. You know what I mean? They think they're still walking out into what's basically space. That's true. <clears throat> Do, 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 do. Mm. Dang it. It just sucks. I'm trying to find... I'm trying to find um, the list of all the stories. Oh, for the new one? For the new yeah. story point of view for Empire? Uh, I another, cannot wait for the Jackson story. Another nice uh, shot, concept Jackson. that's introduced is... Uh, or another thing that's introduced is carbonite. Mm-hmm. The idea that you can live in stasis in that way. Or it's like a way of imprisoning people. Right. That's introduced in Empire. Um, you see new force stuff like you don't really see anybody move anything with the force for the most part so luke pulls with uh the force on that lightsaber and he's just struggling to get the lightsaber and then you see um vader tossing basically all of cloud city at luke during that fight or you see yoda lifting the i do like that vader okay so vader when he's talking to admiral piet and he's killing admiral ozzel he doesn't do anything and he's like 
And I like the show, the showiness of on Cloud City. He's like, he's just doing the little fly fishing with his lightsaber, <laughs> throwing stuff at him. Um, man, it really shows how strong Vader is in the Force. Yeah, especially in comparison to what we'd seen from any light side user, you know, at, right. at the time. Um, without really having any I mean there was basically Star Wars and then there was Empire and there was no other Star Wars content to really right. fill anybody in about the concepts that are introduced but yeah imagine being it being 1980 and you just walked out of Empire Strikes Back and Boba Fett has that you know of killed mm -hmm. Han Solo you know he's yeah. he's he's stable but we don't know what the crap's gonna happen right. to him well Is and what gonna... a cool introduction for that character that he would just be that crafty guy that right you know is like basically the first person in star wars we see to actually outsmart han solo yeah yeah luck didn't matter mm -hmm. because he's so much smarter um and boba fett was really one of the selling points I, i've always heard that bosk and boba fett were like two characters that they're like you have to come see these guys in theaters 1980 mm -hmm. um and i'm pretty sure that bosk's outfit was from a star trek episode and they just put those lizard limbs on it if mm -hmm. i'm not mistaken Pretty, pretty like standard flight suit looking kind yeah. of outfit. Yeah, pretty standard Star Wars. Yeah. To you're gonna use this? Okay, I'm gonna use it better. Um, make no mistake, Star Wars is far and away greater than Star Trek. Well, and let's talk about like basically the biggest takeaway for anybody that would have been seeing Empire would have been oh, the, the Luke the reveal Vader? of father is Luke is Vader's son. Right. Well, Vader revealing Vader as Anakin. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, he died. He died in the Clone Wars. Sucks. And, uh, man, I would have been pissed at Obi-Wan. It's also weird that Luke continues to call him Ben. That's how we knew him, though. Old Ben. That yeah, crazy, that's true. That crazy wizard. He had known him for a while. Yeah. I mean, he'd basically known him growing up. They were basically acquaintances, like our neighbor Carrie, who collected squirrels. Remember how mad Mom was whenever we tried to catch a squirrel, and she was like, They have rabies! You could get AIDS! from squirrel bites <laughs> oh my god that's so funny there's just one about the planet of hoth i think it's about tauntauns um i was interested if there's one that is about um oh this is just a dad gum it's about r2 some of these i don't care for in a certain point of view are like little comic strips like there's at least one in here that's a little just a little comic Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, I'm not paying for that. I want an actual story. But it is what it is, I guess. It is what it is. Wait, Antilles. Sorry, I'm getting distracted because I'm trying to find out. Uh, there's one called Disturbance, uh, which is about Darth Sidious. An Exogorth is the name of the space worm. Which I would have known that eventually. Ray Sloan. She's a cool character that was uh, that's been introduced in the new Star Wars canon. I want to say in the book Lost Stars is her first appearance, which is one of the best books in new Star Wars canon. And she rises to the rank of Grand Admiral. And so she's in this book. Um, Interesting. Bosk has a story. Forlom and Zuckus have a story. Boba Fett has a story, of course. I think he has two stories. One specifically about Slave One. Obi-Wan gets another one. Nice. I like how Obi-Wan's completely unconcerned with Luke's well-being. Jackson and Lobot get one. Say Luke's, it again? Luke's literally freezing to death, and Ben's just out there like, gotta go to Dagobah. All right, peace out. You'll be fine. Completely unconcerned. Yeah. 
Dengar and IG88 have one. Ugnaughts have one. I really would love L337 has one as the brain of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> hey, Wilro Hands Hood. down, worst droid in all of Star Wars. Hell, uh, I'd rather have an entire story about a gonk droid. Wonk. Oh, gonks are cool. Gonk. Wilro Hood is cool. I think L337 has a cool idea, but some of their execution wasn't my fave. There's, and then the final story, of course, is about the Wills. Oh. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Uh, but, dude, talk about Cloud City. Yeah. One of the coolest things. It's a city in the clouds, it's literally. It's a cool thing to introduce. You know, that it's Star Wars, you know, and then, you know, why not a floating city? Yeah. Well, the thing is that you don't realize this, but Cloud City is the name of the... It's really just a floating station. Right. They're above... So, Cloud City is the station that is floating above Bespin, and Bespin is a gas giant. Right. Like and Jupiter. somehow, Lando Calrissian talked his way into being the controller of the entire city. So, he's making buku bucks. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to play a little Go Fish. Might be in charge of Exxon by the end of the day. No big deal. You know? Yep. That's and Lando. And Vader came along and ruined it. Altered the deal. Pretty classic Vader, TBH. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, you've got a good thing going on. So let me ask you this. No more. So back in the day, Empire was like, they saw it as a, as a, it made great money, but they saw it as a bust. It wasn't a good continuation of the story from Star Wars or whatever. 40 years later, uh, if you put it to a vote, I would say that over 50% of people say that's their favorite movie, if not higher. Um and then when Return of the Jedi came out, it really showed the greatness of Empire. Uh, and like I said, all these years later, it's so high on the list. Do you think that there's ever a chance that a movie like The Last Jedi you're going to take that place? Like, goes going to be more appreciated. No, 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 not years. more appreciated. Well, yes, no, I'm not more appreciated now in 40 years than it is now. Right. Because I was thinking about this the other day. I saw a poll on Instagram. On a very, very big Star Wars profile, has over 100,000 followers, so there's lots of votes coming in, right? Mm-hmm. And they did a poll of, it was the one I sent you, who's more strong in the Force, Obi-Wan or Luke and things like that. And one of it was, do you prefer the, the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy? Ten years ago, if you asked that, 70% of people, if not more, would be like, the, the prequels suck. Obviously, the originals are better, right? But the prequels won by a margin of like 53 to 47. Like, it was not much at all. And I think that in five or ten more years, I bet you the prequels will overtake the original trilogy as the most loved. Um, just because of those people who grew up with the prequels will be the louder voice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Same reason in five or ten years that LeBron James, I think, will be seen as the best just because kids who grew up watching him, you know, if you, if you ask someone from, like, you know, the 70s, who's better, Bill Russell or Michael Jordan, they're going to be like, Bill Russell used to block the ball, jump up, rebound it, come down, dribble the length of the court, and dunk on everybody. He has 11 championships in 13 seasons, and he coached two of them. Like, they're, they're going to throw all these stats out, and then people who, right now, the people who are the commentators, who are the talking heads on ESPN and whatnot, they grew up, or the early adulthood was formed around Michael Jordan, and so in that same way, I wonder if in 10, 15, 20 years, will The Last Jedi be seen differently and loved more than what we got? The main gripe for me was the whole Snoke thing, right? I think that 
And the way that is described and how they handle that from now on as will change things. the sequel trilogy starts to be seen more as a singular unit than as individual movies, mm-hmm. that 7 and 9 will probably rise in respect. And I think that where the film critics kind of gave The Last Jedi a lot of clout because they liked it as a movie mm-hmm. is going to be seen something as like a failure as far as the continuation of the series. You know what I mean? Because it's such a standalone. It the story in The Last Jedi is so counterproductive to what was happening in 7 and in 9. I don't know if I would say counterproductive. I think that there are a lot of loose ends that were left loose. Well, and what I mean is that it changed a lot of the momentum that we had in 7, and sure. a lot of 9 was spent cleaning that mess up. You know right. what I mean? Like, it dramatically shifted the momentum that they had for the trilogy that could have been... You imagine what 9 could have been if it wasn't... 75% cleanup. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for instance, J.J. Abrams said that he would love to help produce a spinoff series on Disney Plus just about the Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. And he said there's a fantastic story there. Right. And I'm sure part of that was unpack it in 8 and 9. Maybe not the story of the Knights of Ren, but just seeing them. Right. Well, in it could have been what imagine George if Vader, wanted it to be. Imagine you know, if Vader as... was in 4 and then wasn't in 5 at all. Right. And then in 6 he got killed by the Emperor like that. That's kind of what happened with the Knights of Ren. Well, and um, like George wanted it to be more of an exploration of what the Force was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it could have been that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we kind of kind of got lost on it because Yeah, you know, honestly, to make a good movie but not a good series. You could know what I mean? could I Sit down and talk to George Lucas for countless hours about the midi-chlorians and are there midi-chlorians within midi-chlorians and the biology of the force and the chemistry and all this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could could talk to George about that. But would that make a successful movie release for the average human being? Yes. I don't think so. I think that him exploring... You know what I'm saying? No, I was just sorry. I was going to Ancient Aliens where they would have like... (laughs) Is it possible that a, pre- dogs a preposterous idea are actually robots? And if so, where did those robots come from? Right. Ancient astronaut theorists would suggest yes. <laughs> it wasn't even like a yes or no question. Right. It's so outlandish. I think that um, I just think about you know something like okay. I know that both of y'all don't really care for Jar Jar, but there is a ton of Jar Jar love on the internet and. From, you know, it's funny because when Hasbro, remember that day that I was like, they announced a Jar Jar Black Series finally, right? Because I've been jokingly but seriously talking about that since the podcast started. When that was announced, that one sold out almost as fast as the Boba Fett deluxe figure. And you could you could still go find the Armor deluxe figure from the Mandalorian, which is the new hot thing. But the Jar Jar deluxe had been sold out like almost instantly as soon as it was announced, right? And so it makes me wonder... Not that Rose will become a loved character, but I'm saying just the concept of episode one sucks because Jar Jar's annoying. I wonder if in 20 years, if The Force or um, The Last Jedi will be seen in a different light from people who have grown up, maybe young people who grew up with this Star Wars or whatever. The only thing that I can see keeping it from being beloved is the toxicity of social media. That's the one thing I can see. Because there's people out there that it's Internet's like... just a trend. Uh, <laughs> Al Gore doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, you see people all the time that it's... Um, I'll see people all the time that they're like, here's my ranking of the Star Wars movies, and they don't include uh, 
7, 8, and 9 or solo. They'll include 1 through 6 in Rogue One. And to me, that's like, you're not a you're not a legitimate fan. If it's, if Star Wars, if I don't like this Star Wars, then it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? I, I get, you can say you don't like it. I'm not saying you have to like it, but I don't understand the bashing of Star Wars um, post-sale to Disney. Um, so that makes me wonder, obviously, we have a very toxic tense relationship with social media right now uh, but i do wonder if in the future if things lighten up and if the country lightens up and if things get to kind of more normal where they where they were you know a few years ago i wonder if the sequel trilogy will be as accepted and empire really set the trend for that empire was not liked when it first came out and now you know my favorite star wars movie of all time i know that's adam's favorite movie of all time and i know it's in your top two or three right Maybe. Ten months later, is The Rise of Skywalker the greatest Star Wars movie? Or is it Revenge of the Sith? Or is it Empire Strikes Back? Who's to say? I'm asking you your opinion. I know. <laughs> He's avoiding it. I want to keep it to myself. <laughs> Why? Secret ballot, baby. <laughs> I promise you the 25 views we're going to get on this video won't be upset at you. They won't be upset at me because I'm not going to say anything. Why do you want to keep it a secret? Secret ballot, baby. All right, whatever. You have all these notes. Do you have anything you want to say? I fit them in there in between what you were saying. Okay. All right. Well, Empire yeah, Strikes Back. I, it's a great film. Uh, 40 years. It's got a great lifespan. Uh, there aren't a lot of things that happened 40 years ago that people are still excited about, that people are still talking about. You know what I mean? Like, I was telling Adam when we were watching, I was like, just think about all the other movies that were made in the 80s. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There aren't any that have aged quite so well, in yeah. my opinion. I, there's, It's still shaping entire generations, you know, decades after it being created. Well, I think about the first, uh, the first It miniseries, part one and part two, mm -hmm. right? Still a cult classic. Still a ton of people like it. Still good, right? right? But if you watch it compared to, like, the quality or the storytelling ability of... <laughs> Uh, the newest, not, I haven't seen part two of the new It, but I'm just saying the quality of the video making that they can do now. Right. And the first one's like, you know what I mean? When it still holds up, that's the Yeah, thing. the first one, the first It, uh, homeboy, what's his name? The guy that's, uh, the hotel manager from, uh, Tim Curry. God, the guy that plays It. He's like, you know, and it's just like, it's, it's almost more because movie has gotten so much more scary. It's almost like slapstick in a way. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because if you're watching it, the other actors are trying to be scared. So when the it's I can't remember the character's name, but one of the characters is walking through the parking lot, and and Pennywise is riding on a bike around him, and he's like, hey, you know, and it's just like watching it in 2020, you're like, God, I would just run over and kick that freaking clown off of that bike, right? Um, but at the time, it was like terrifying, you know what I mean? Right. And so it's crazy how good. Uh, yeah, it still holds up. I think the. The main thing is that George, well, it wasn't George who directed it, but the Irving Kirshner directed it. But Irving, he was the writer, and he was the he was there. But the element of it that's so foreign, but it's still so human. Like uh, when Hans trying to repair the ship, they're going through the asteroid field, mm -hmm. and the tools fall on top of him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's serious, but there's still that element of realism. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, yeah, you, you can lay a so, lot of the success of scenes like that at Harrison Ford's feet. Like, it would have been so foreign, you know what I mean? It's one of the first films of its kind. 
mm-hmm. and it's still so relatable. I yeah. think that's what's made it so successful. Yeah. There's a human element, but it's still brand new. Mm-hmm. It's still space. It's still the final frontier. It's still these other things that have never been explored, but it's relatable, mm-hmm. but it has this familiarity, but it has family and it's got all these other things. Um, you know, it's got redeem. It's got a story of redemption, and I think it's it's crazy how quickly. Think about this: you walk into a movie, and three fourths of the way through, you meet some random guy named Lando, and he's been a fan favorite ever since. Mm-hmm. Even though he's he, you know, has to do the wrong thing, he's forced to do the wrong thing in the Empire in the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but I think about that, and I think about um, you know some of the things that are complained about about the sequel trilogy are. There's too much going on, and uh, a lot of people that don't like episode nine say it was rushed. And there's too much happening, uh, but you know, I can't. I just, it's so rare to have a movie that introduces a character like Lando that has Billy D. Williams, who's a movie star of his own right, mm-hmm. has so much charisma. Has he's so smooth? He's like he's the smooth character that Han thinks he is, you know, and. He takes o- he takes over the scene, but it's still back enough that you still care more about Han. It's just a it's an amazing balancing act that they mm-hmm. do, um, and there's just so much star power. I mean, you have Luke, Han, Leia, Chewie, Lando, Darth Vader. You got this new Boba Fett character. You have all yeah. these other, and it's uh, it's very cool. It's it's very much uh, the Star Wars that you can just see Bosk put his toes over the edge and growl at somebody, <laughs> and you love him for life. That's like. Some of the, I think that's some of the things that the newer stuff, um, and I don't know if it's mar- merchandise that hasn't kept up or if it's because of video games and because of instant stuff now that toys themselves aren't as needed. Um, so kids can just watch a movie or play a video game about something. They don't really need to go buy a toy for it. But, um, you know, we don't get characters like that nowadays. Like if someone's just in passing, you don't get a character, you don't get a toy of that. You don't get a... Uh, you know, a pillow or a shirt of that a lot of times nowadays. And it was just so marketable. And if you look at, like, what's the newest, biggest, greatest thing since Disney bought Star Wars is the Mandalorian, in a lot of people's opinion. Um, But, you know, you got a Mandalorian whose armor is basically a reboot of the Star Wars 1313 canceled video game Boba Fett armor, right? So you basically have a Boba Fett character. You have an Ugnaught who's in episode five. You have an IG unit, who's in episode five. You have a Yoda character, who's in episode five. And you have the Imperials. Like, everything that's the best parts of... Star Wars. Star Wars. Really, the newest stuff that's coming out that we love so much is stuff that came out because of episode five's stuff. It's the roots, and we're seeing the fruit 40 years later. So it's just it's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, I really love it. I'm excited to read the short the short stories from a certain point of view uh, to talk about you know what's going on in the heads of. As long as I'm spared another clue horn story, I'm all the way in. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> I do want to. It's interesting. There's a partnership between IG88 and Dengar. I never realized there were partners before. The, um. Well, I guess it's not IG88. There's the kind of assassin droid that works with Dengar in the uh, Clone Wars some of the Clone Wars story arcs but I mean I guess if you're that's yeah but that that's a specific that's I that's Heisinger that's a specific yeah, I, I style not a I said it's not IG-88 but right. my point is that if you're like that prominent you know you're the two main guys on the scene you're probably gonna work with each other eventually yeah it's just really interesting if I do like that 
they know they have to team up to have a chance. That four line and Zuckus know they have to team up to have a chance. And Bosk is just cocky enough to try to go at it by himself against Boba. Very cool. You introduce it's the only other character that ever talks crap to Vader. Nobody ever talks crap to Vader. You have the Emperor who's in charge, but nobody at Vader's level or below talks to Vader the way that Boba Fett talks to Vader in Empire Strikes Back. Um, you know, when, when the Emperor talks to Vader, you know that Vader's his subordinate, but um, when when Tarkin's talking to Vader, there's a... There's a do you think Not maybe, a friendship, but they work together there. There's a little contention. Do you think maybe that Vader lets Boba get away with... I mean, this wouldn't have been in, you know... When Empire was making, there wouldn't have been this thing. But right. do you think that maybe Vader gives Boba Fett a little bit of license because he's just, it feels like hanging out with an old friend? Because of clones? Mm -hmm. um, no, because Vader says that Anakin was is dead. So in his mind, I think he tries to push that away as much as he can. I think he gives him a little bit of leeway because he's so good at what he does. Yeah. Well, and He gets the job done, so I'll let you... It's kind of like your star player, right? All right, well, I, I guess if Kobe Bryant was to ride on his own... Airplane, not that he would do that, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, MJ got to do MJ things that Scotty Pippen didn't get to do. Yeah, but in like the Dark or the Lords of the Sith book, mm -hmm. it talks about how Vader recognized one of the faces of one of the Praetorian guards that would have been, he was a, uh, oh, the, the Emperor's yeah, guards. He was a clone. Yeah. And there was, he felt like some sort of camaraderie there, that there was a kinship, even though they hadn't really worked together before. Yeah. It's interesting because you get different views of that from different authors. Because mm -hmm. um, like you said, Lords of the Sith, he sees it and he's like, oh, it's kind of like a flashback to the good mm -hmm. old days. But then in the Vader comics, Fox does something wrong and freaking Vader just destroys him in front of everybody. In the book Tarkin, I think there's a... There's a guard that he... Or there's a, there's a stormtrooper that's a commander that's like one of the last clones... And I think Vader kills him. Yeah, I think he messes up, though. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, it could be. Um, maybe. I think it's, you Plus, get the job done. Boba so would have been you... frozen in time, basically. You know what I mean? As far as like, he would have aged. Been, yeah, as, right. he would have been at the age that all the clones would have been. Right. Very interesting. But, man, the gift that keeps on giving. We could go forever. We could make this the longest episode that we've done so far, but we'll, we'll spare you. We're already at 73 minutes. Uh, but if you haven't, go rewatch Empire and just bask in the glory. Uh, and if you're having a hard time falling asleep, just turn on Empire and just let the love flow through that screen toward you. Um, so this is 40 years of Empire Strikes Back, um, arguably the greatest Star Wars media of all time, and uh, definitely introduces the greatest cast when you have returning people from A New Hope plus all the new characters. Mm -hmm. It's the, definitely the best introduction. Maybe Phantom Menace is in there, but uh, an awesome, awesome experience. So we'll see you guys next week. May the Force be with you. And remember, the only fan you have here is me. We'll see you next time. <laughs>